Welcome back to GWK the podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, and today we're going to hear the family creation story of Hunter Bam, who is a gay man and who became a dad of three through a former relationship with his now ex-wife. So I'm uh, really excited about today's conversation because it's going to give me the opportunity to get up on my soapbox a little bit <laughs> and um, address something that's rubbed me the wrong way for a couple years now. We ran a story on Hunter and his family a while back, which covered some of what you're going to hear about again today on the pod, such as his long struggle to come out and become the proud gay man and father that he is today. His story is uh, powerful. It involves his fight with conversion therapy and religion. Uh, it's incredibly moving, and we're going to get into all that again. Uh, but we're revisiting his story again today on the pod for another reason, um, and that's uh, because we had no shortage of people following our publication of Hunter's story reach out super eager to tell us in the comments or in DMs that Hunter's current partner, Johnny, uh, works as an adult entertainer under the stage name Tyler Saint. Um, it, it felt a little bit like tattling, y'all. <laughs> uh, but the truth is it didn't come up in our initial interview with uh, or profile on Hunter and his family because, frankly, it wasn't relevant to his family creation story. But I also wouldn't have shied away from including this information had it come up. And I'm really excited that it's come up now and even more thrilled that Hunter has very graciously agreed to speak with us about it for the opportunity to dig into this question a bit more about why we in our community might be so quick to judge or uh, to question someone working in porn who might also be involved in raising kids. Like it, it's mutually exclusive that you can be a good father and also work in adult entertainment. I, you know, I sometimes feel like we're so much harder on members of our own community. And I, you know, I understand that this might be because of the pressures we feel to present ourselves and our families in the best light. We've fought so hard to get to where we're at. Uh, and I think, honestly, it can feel at times like it could be taken from us at any moment due to one small wrong step. But, you know, part of what I love about being queer is that it also gives us the opportunity to flip the script and to reimagine the rules and to, you know, uh, not be confined by straight society and, and you know, <laughs> and honestly do better. So I, I tried to make this point while talking with Hunter, um, but I kind of fumbled it. So I'll try to make it a little bit more eloquently here. And it, it really is more of a question. Um, and it's it's this, and I, it's, a, it's a genuine question. So I, I'm, I'm curious if you have ever watched porn or been to a club where a go-go boy is performing, or honestly seen a drag show, anything that's considered, you know, taboo in, in terms of a profession in, in some circles, uh, you have consumed the services uh, these men have provided for you. So, you know, I, where do any of us get off, um, <laughs> uh, pun intended, um, saying that these guys don't have the right to raise a family like anyone else? And, you know, I think even more to the point, why are we so squeamish about sex as gay men? You know, we have as a community been... Uh, subjugated often because of squeamishness about sex. Um, and, you know, so we, who better than us to educate our kids in an age-appropriate way about sex? And honestly, who better than a porn star to be able to educate a child about um, a healthy relationship to sex and uh, and what a healthy relationship to porn can look like? Anyway, so I am very curious about people's reaction to this conversation. It is one of my favorite conversations we've had on the pod. Uh, beyond all of this other drama, <laughs> Hunter actually talks very movingly about his own story, uh, about Johnny's story. And I really do hope you give it a listen. And please do, as always, let us know what you think um, on social media or email us at dads at gayswithkids.com. Um, I'll get off my soapbox now, I promise. <laughs> uh, enjoy the conversation. Hunter Bingham, welcome to the Gays with Kids podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, we had the pleasure of uh, profiling your beautiful family uh, three or four years ago. Um, and so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast now to talk a little bit more about your uh, family origin story and a little bit about your history. 
Um, and so I just wanted to start by giving you an opportunity to talk about your path to parenthood, which was uh, through a, a, a former relationship with a woman, uh, yeah. which you now have three adult kids with. So if you just want to give us a little bit of background on that. Sure. And I, I appreciate you letting me tell the story. Um, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback about it, a lot of questions. I end up kind of being this uh, impromptu counselor for people who are in my uh, situation. And, you know, when um, when I got married to my husband, he didn't know anybody that was in my situation. You know, I was really the only one he knew that had been married and had biological kids. Wow, really? was in this type of situation. So um, when he moved to Mississippi, that's all he knows now. <laughs> you know, there's so many of us here yeah. that are in the same kind of circumstance that, you know, we grew up very conservatively in a Christian church and I'm Southern Baptist and uh, it was just the right way to live your life. You know, it was the, um, it was the expected path for um, anybody who was faithful, especially to follow. And so even though I was always attracted to men, I mean, I was the kind of kid that would take my grandmother's Sears catalog out to the barn and look at the men's underwear section, not the women's underwear section <laughs> when I was like nine years old. Yeah. So, so I knew it been a giveaway. Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it should have been pretty obvious, but I was able to compartmentalize what pretty well then um so you know even though i knew i was attracted to men i didn't realize that it was going to be such a powerful part of my life and ultimately it came down to me being um completely absorbed by that so it was the filter that i sent everything through and it, and it affected everything that that i did um and today it's much different but yes i was married to a woman for about 14 years, she and I dated for eight years. We started dating when we were 15 years old. Oh, wow. Um, she literally lived across the street from where we grew up, and um, we always went to church together. We, we did go to different schools um, through a weird circumstance of geography in the town, but um, we did everything else together. So um, we I've known her since I was 10 years old, and we've always been friends. So um, the, uh, uh, you know, there was never a first date for us. It was always just us ending up somewhere. You know, we'd go out with a group of people to go bowling and we'd end up together. We didn't, you know, we'd be in church and we'd end up sitting on the pew together. We'd be, uh, you know, out with other friends and end up riding in the car together. So, you know, we were just always kind of together. It was, it was just uh, kind of the fact of life around us with our, our circle of friends. And so I remember being at a, um, tailgate at Mississippi State. We're all big Mississippi State fans. And um, my mom was talking to some friends of hers and my girlfriend at the time was there. And I uh, remember her telling her friends, talking about my uh, my girlfriend at the time. She said, yeah, she's just like the, uh, she's like the daughter I've never had. And so, you know, I, I knew then that that was going to be the path, that it was the next step. Um, we were in college at the time. And so that was the thing to do. And so, um, so yeah, we, uh, we got engaged and, um, you know, after we got, uh, finished with school, we got engaged, got married, then started having kids, you know, the, the, the Baptist way to do things. <laughs> right. Um, so, so why don't you talk a little bit about your, uh, journey towards self-realization and realizing that you, I mean, it sounds like you knew from a young age or you had, um, a hint, but, uh, at what point did you start to realize that you were going to have to, uh, live your life, um, out of the closet and, and not as a part of this marriage? Well, it was a, a very long process for me, obviously. Um, it took quite a lot of soul searching, but, um, you know, if you've, you know, in the South, we use pressure cookers a lot for, you know, turnip greens and stuff. I, I hate turnip greens, but you know, <laughs> my, 
uh, we use pressure cookers a lot. If you keep the if you keep the lid on and you turn the you turn the uh, the vent down, eventually it's going to explode, and that's kind of what happened to me. You know, you just you keep a lid on it for so long, and then it just explodes. And so I travel for a living, and I'm gone all the time. I always have traveled. My first you know, my first jobs were even you know jobs moving me around a good bit so it allowed me some flexibility and the, a lot of uh, freedom while I was out and so then of course the advent of the computer with internet made um, <laughs> connecting with people a lot easier I didn't have to go to a gay bar and um, you know like show my face I could be behind a profile and right. so you know, the clandestine part of it um, really piqued my interest. And so it was just a little bit at a time. It was like, it was like just, uh, just a drop in the bucket and the bucket started filling. And after a while, you just get to the point where you realize that, holy cow, you know, this is, this is like a thing for me. And, um, you, you know, at, at the beginning, you just say, well, it's just sex, you know, I'm just, I'm just comparing myself to somebody else. Right. Um, and it's, it's not a, it's not going to affect me. And then later on, it's like, well, I'd like to experience and see what that's like. And um, then after after the you know a few more months time, you you turn around and you know you're hooking up with somebody. And so I was I was very uh, irresponsible in the relationship for about six months for a stint. I was unfaithful, and um, I regret that part of it. I, I wish that I had had more self control and strength. So. Um, my ex-wife uh, did not deserve that kind of treatment. And, and I do wish that I was able to change that part of it. I just was not able to consider it even as a part of myself. So discussing it and knowing how to knowing how to frame it in some kind of conversation was just completely alien to me. So um, it really caused like this schism within my own being <laughs> in a way you know it it kind of created two people out of me and I could not reconcile I'm a terrible liar um I am I'm I have no poker face whatsoever and so I allowed that to seep into pretty much everything I was doing and and I um you know I was I was not uh I was not able to control that part. So, so that pressure cooker exploded and it all came out at one time. Um, I was extremely active making up for lost time, <laughs> uh, you know, physically, sexually. Um, and I, and I, I wish I had not done that. I wish I had uh, been a little more controlled, but I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't really understand what I was doing, although I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, so I'd, I'd take all that responsibility for myself. I'm the one that did that. I'm the one that made the decisions to do it. So I know where that falls. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. So on a previous episode of this podcast, we had Kristen Cobley from Our Path, which is formerly the Straight Spouses Network. So it's a, oh, yeah. a group of, yeah, group of um, uh, women who uh, have had this basically happen to them at some point. Um, right. And, you know, I'm pretty, I was pretty impressed just to, you know, to talk to some of these women who, uh, you know, so they are often, you know, they are victims of this coming out process, but, uh, but so are the men that are captured in the closet, right? <laughs> so it's right. like, it's right. really hard. It's hard on everyone. And it, you, you can be forgiven 
for uh or it's understandable why yeah. uh you would behave the way that you did you've been you know yeah. denied the ability to to explore your sexual orientation due to societal yeah. pressure. i mean the closet harms everyone i think is the end of it the is it is extremely harmful and that's one thing that i tell people now when they ask me about it because i know a lot of people even in our general location that are either going through it or have gone through it is just to make sure that you have a really good counselor you know yeah. make make sure that you are self-aware enough to take that step ahead of time before you do things that you regret um and and i wish i had done that i wish i had taken the time to have somebody lead me but i didn't even know where to look for somebody like sure. that right and so it it was it, in my mind it it wasn't even something that i could that I could process into part of my normal lifestyle. So how could I even talk sure. about this? Right. No, of, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with very few people to lead in, in these sorts of situations. Yeah. And again, this is what I'm saying. Like, obviously, you know, no, uh, no one deserves uh, what happens yeah. to them when, when their husband comes out to them, but it's also, no, exactly. No, it's, it's also totally unfair, totally but, unfair but, but it's like, you know, it's like, again, like I, I think it's under the behavior, what you went through is understandable. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very much, I think you can understand it from all perspectives. And yeah. I do think maybe it takes as much distance as you've now had from it to be able to look back and say, okay, now I can, you know, then it's yeah. easier to understand yeah. how hard that could be on, um, on, on your ex. Um, but, yeah. you know, again, and you, we're, when we come out, it doesn't matter what age we are, we have an adolescence, right? You can be right. 15, you can be 55, you're going to yeah, go yeah. through this phase where you need, you know, and it's just, it's just part of the exactly. coming out and process. So, and so, of course, she, she has felt, I believe, because we did do a lot of counseling after all this came to surface. Uh, so I believe that her primary feeling has been that, you know, everything about the relationship was fake that i was using it as a front, right of you know, course that she, yeah that she was my beard and that you know i was just using it to to legitimize my straight self sure. and 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 i i truly truly love the woman i mean she she was my best friend and and i still miss that best friend even though i don't want to have a relationship with her ever again yeah i, I still miss that component and um, so, so there's there's loss on both sides and significant loss. Um, and I, I I fully understand how it could have hurt her and how it could have questioned, you know, every time I said I love you, I get that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So something that we we included in uh, the profile of your family that now rereading it now, I wish that we'd gone into more detail about because I find it pretty yeah. fascinating. You at least had enough wherewithal when you're going through this. Um, that uh, uh, there was a request that you go to conversion therapy at the time. Yeah. And what year are we talking about when when this was happening? Well, it was a demand. It wasn't a request. Yeah, a demand. And, right, uh, exactly. Yeah, and this was in 2004. 2004. So, okay. So yeah, the conversion therapy was still very much a thing and still is yeah, a lot yeah. of part, you know, but yeah. I don't think we'd had this like cultural turn yet where people were no. starting, you know, we weren't no, passing no, laws yeah. against it yet. Yeah. You had enough um, wherewithal to refuse um, and to, but you, you, uh, well, if you could just talk about that, what you decided to do instead to kind of capitulate uh, something to, to your wife's demands, ex-wife. Well, I wised up pretty fast and I understood once things began to reveal themselves that I was going to have to be a lot smarter about the way I approached my life if I wanted to survive. And there had been thoughts of you know self-harm along the way you know you tell yourself all kinds of things you're allowed you allow yourself to tell yourself crazy things to try to reconcile somehow so so yeah i mean there was there was contemplation of self-harm and all of it so um that you know scared me enough that i started to do some research and started to really look around at my resources found a good counselor 
he was a Christian counselor. I don't necessarily recommend that. Um, you know, certainly a counselor who is Christian is great. You know, all that kind of thing. But having a Christian counselor is different because everything is uh, presented biblically from a treatment standpoint. Um, but this this guy knew that I needed a little bit more than that, that this was going to be a bigger deal for me than just reading a few Bible verses and putting it into context in, you know, Leviticus. <laughs> you know, we were going right, to right. we were, we were gonna have to do way more New Testament work than Old Testament <laughs> stuff uh so we had a lot of work to do so he recommended um so so we looked at the uh the place in memphis that was going at the time i don't even remember the name of it now i went up and did a, an interview with him and then within 30 seconds the guy says uh you have to quit your job you have to move up here and live with us communally um we will change your clothes we will change your um uh, your friend base, um, you'll be involved in all these sports. I mean, the typical shit that you read about was actually taking place. I mean, it was it was insane to me, and it was completely incongruous to anything that I felt like would work. I mean, it is just that just felt like such complete bullshit from the way I really felt about myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, changing my friend. I've got great friends, <laughs> and I don't have. I don't have a I don't have a gaggle of gay friends around me making me gay that everybody <laughs> I know is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so none of the stuff that he was talking about made any sense whatsoever. Right. And so and so I went back. I'm like, look, I am absolutely not doing this. I will go somewhere, but it's not going to be there. So they found this program of all places this in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It's one of the best in the world. It's called Gentle Path. Um, it's the place that Tiger Woods went after he got, you know, oh, okay. um, in trouble with the nanny right um so uh so it it you can get in there with the diagnosis of sex addiction um so he he gave me even though i i did not feel like then and i don't feel like now i have a sex addiction um that was the context for entry into the program and so i was there uh as the only person that did not have some kind of a secondary thing going on mm. everybody everybody in the program that i was with had something else happen they were uh shopaholics alcoholics um they were um you know uh, drug addicts there was something else that they had in their life your, and your this, second thing was just being gay <laughs> and my, and my right. thing was just being gay yeah and so i had a really really tough time in the whole program um, just because I didn't, I didn't feel like I identified with any of them at all. Um, however, I will say that the best thing that it did for, it was a six week inpatient treatment facility. So like I took a leave of absence from my job. Um, you know, the kids didn't see me for six weeks. Uh, I mean, they were little at the time and, uh, you know, I just vamoosed, uh, disappeared for quite a while and, uh, just, I did use it as time just to focus on me and figure this out. And so the goal was to come out, not to come out straight. That wasn't the goal. And that wasn't the goal of the, of the counselors there. It was to find a way to coexist with myself, you know, to have these two tracks at the same time to, you know, to, to be gay, but also have a straight identity. And, you know, I guess some people can do that, but um, so we went through the process and, and it was helpful. I can sit here today and talk to you about this because I did that. And so from that perspective, it was helpful because I needed this jolt. I needed a, a severe intervention for um, 
my thought process sure. yeah and yeah the way my head was oriented so from that perspective it was the lightning bolt that i needed to readjust who i saw myself as being so I am so thankful that I didn't go through that conversion thing because yeah. I think I probably would not have survived it. I even had I even had problems after therapy, after I was in the treatment program. I I I really, really, really wanted to try to keep the marriage going. And especially for the children. I really, really, really wanted to. It was my goal. And I did the whole celibacy thing the whole time. I mean, it it, it I I didn't have any trouble living up to the parameters of the program that wasn't the case you were just and they knew they knew i was gay yeah they your knew kids I did at that gay. time yeah okay i mean they you know the the, the people the, the counselors there at the program they knew i was gay they were just trying to help me figure out how to come to terms with it on my own and it took me a while after that so just being in the treatment facility didn't make things just all of a sudden of course, snap yeah. into place. I mean, it was still a long process after that. But what I find so great about this is, you know, it's so horrific that at, at so many people's like, you know, worst, most trying moment, um, uh, you know, having them struggling with their mental health as they're coming out and then they are, you know, forced to go to this quote unquote therapy, right. which is right. what they actually need. They need, you know, when, I mean, so many people could, you know, benefit from therapy at multiple times in their lives, but coming out is, you know, it's a very sensitive time, especially very. in a situation like yours. And right. so many people are then forced into this faux therapy that's further damages them. Uh, but it's so, horrible. you know, it's, yeah. So, horrible I mean, it's scary. And, yeah. And yeah. that's the thing that I found out immediately from that interview process is that that guy did not have any of my self, um, benefit in mind. I mean, he, yeah. he was not interested in me. He was interested in having a success story that he could then go out and tell somebody else right. to get them into the program. Yep. And that's all it was because he literally talked to me for about 90 seconds before he started telling me what I was going to have to do. There was no you know, what have you been through? How have you done this? How, you know, how do you feel about yourself? What have you been doing that makes you right. think, you know, there was no interest in any of the uh, details of my life other than just how I was going to help them be able to have a number on a chalkboard that they could use to bring somebody else into the program and then move on to somebody else. And they can say, you know, well, you know, God worked miracles. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That ain't that ain't the way God works. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. So I, I'm uh, from Utah. I was raised Mormon. I have a lot of friends that um, okay. did conversion therapy in that in that mm -hmm. way too. So uh, you know, these I think you're right to kind of flag like you know, not that I'm sure there's plenty of amazing religious therapeutic sure. programs out there, but when they when they involve your sexual orientation, oftentimes yep. they're going to be uh, or gender identity. It's uh, yeah, the goal yep. is not necessarily to help you, but to you know, nope. quote unquote, fix you. Um, yep. So we haven't talked yet even about like how any of this is, uh, how did it, this uh, impact your kids? I mean, obviously a divorce is hard in the best of situations, but uh, you know, also when your father's coming out. So how, how yeah. uh, did your kids handle this? Cause they were, um, how old when this was happening? Uh, my kids were nine, seven and four when yeah. it happened. Um, so when we got divorced, they were 10, eight and almost five. Um, so it was, uh, they didn't, the, the coming out was not a big thing. It was the divorce that was obviously the massive, oh, that makes massive sense. the massive challenge. The older, the older one, the boy um, had some, had, his nickname for us is 21. I call him 21 because he asked 21 questions about everything. He is insanely uh, in, in, inquisitive about how life works. So his main thing was, um, uh, how, why is dad an abomination? 
because mom, <laughs> mom immediately showed him the five verses in the Bible. Right. And at nine years old, he was nine and a half. I was trying to explain what an abomination is and how I felt I wasn't. Um, so that was a challenge. Um, the middle one, she's just like, um, you know, well, or does that mean it's gonna, is that gonna split us up? You know, that was, that was her concern. And then I, I took the baby to the, you know, to the top of the Peabody and we were doing a little, um, daughter, uh, father, daughter day. And, um, I said, I told her I was gay and she was like, um, that's fine. I want to go ride the pony down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, it didn't read. I mean, no, of didn't, course, yeah. At all, so they okay. all have had different, very, very different experiences with, with it. It has been as they were older that it uh, has affected them in a lot of different ways. Um, if you look at my Instagram, I'm not terribly shy about, um, you know, showing what I look like in a bathing suit, <laughs> and so I think that has that has given them more pause. My my uh, my sort of extroverted uh, identity on uh, social media. I think that has been more of a challenge for them than anything else. Um, but I, I was fortunate to um, my first like serious relationship and which wasn't terribly serious was uh, was with a guy that was very intuitive and he knew that the kids needed a lot of attention. And uh, so he was just very fun. You know, he was, he was not, um, uh, interested in any kind of discipline for them. He was just always planning activities for them and making them just love him, which I really appreciate to this day because he made being gay cool. He made it fun. Right. right. And so um, we didn't, we didn't date, but for about three years, but the kids really, uh, I guess they oriented themselves to an identity that, um, was pretty fun you know it's pretty cool dad's not weird um he's just different and he's got cool people around him and i have had really cool people around me i will have to admit i've been very fortunate in that in that perspective but i will tell you too that um my children are very very intuitive and i guess most children are but they know that i was there you know they know i showed up they know i was at events they know that even when mom and I were at odds with each other that I still I still was present and I think that has made the most difference um, in their lives as far as normalcy goes I um, always told my ex-wife that if they if she was easy with the kids and made it um, you know a normal somewhat normal life that I would move across town and she wouldn't really ever have to see me if she made it difficult I would move across the street <laughs> so I bought a lot and built a house across the street from her oh wow and so she chose to make it difficult is what you're saying <laughs> she, she chose to make it very yeah. difficult yeah, yeah. and um you know, and very um, legal intensive and police involved. And it's, ah, it's been a, it's been a very, very, very difficult legal process for the last 15, 16 years. Um, so um, my son, after the divorce uh, was having a lot of acting out issues. He was, um, he was being difficult and um, there's a dent on the door I can still see in her garage right now today after he kicked it one day. But I, when, when I broke ground on the house and he saw that it was happening, then all that stopped. It all quit. Right. So, you know, it's that presence that the, the physical presence can never be underestimated. And whether, whether it was my weekend or not, 
the kids always knew that I was there. You know, right. I was with, I was within steps, literally. Right. No, it makes sense. You'd want to be that close. And I mean, I, I assume that so the legal uh, troubles that you're talking about, we, we cover in the, uh, and the piece that we did on your family. Yeah. So she, I mean, she was going after uh, full custody um, yeah. of the children. Um, yeah. So, you know, and this is, it's a marker of the time that, that you know, this is this, uh, if it had been even like a decade earlier that that it, it very easily could have happened. It I mean, easily kids could have were, happened. Exactly. Yeah. And in Mississippi too, obviously we had a very homophobic judge and the the, the whole system is very homophobic. But yeah. um, I had a lawyer that fought for me really hard and um, I really still to this day appreciate what he did and it was still unpleasant um, of course I had, yeah i had times like i did a photo shoot one time with dylan rosser and you know still today one of my most favorite photo shoots and then so somehow she gets hold of it and shows it to the judge so here there are pictures of me splayed all across a judge's table yeah and so, you know of course they get all up in arms about it if yeah. they've never seen anything like that before right and right so then after that i get three months of supervised visitation you know so my 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 brother then has to be with me every time i see wow and so that that happened a few times in different ways. And it was always money stuff. You know, if if uh, if there was a penny missing here, missing, you know, we had agreed that we would divide expenses for certain things. And if she disputed something and or I disputed something that I didn't want to pay for, then she would take it to the judge. The judge would then decide for her. And not only would I have to pay the the, the fee, whatever that was, I would have to pay uh, penalties. And then I would also have to pay for her legal expenses. So right. it's been, it's been tens of thousands of dollars that have been wasted on superfluous, needless uh, court time and bogging the system down no. to, you know, be able to go for things that really matter. Um, right. You know, there, there are people out there that are really harming kids. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and so, the, but, but because I was uh, employed and easy to find and, you know, had a, uh, you know, a high paying job, uh, it was easy for them to find me and easy for them to, you know, try to try to buckle it. And it, it was very hard. There were, there were times where, you know, I would, I would have to go to family to help and, um, you know, do some pretty unpleasant things to make ends meet. Um, because she made sure that if she couldn't get the kids, she would make it so absolutely impossible for me to live that I wouldn't be able to have the kids. Hmm. So the, the, your, your three kids are all adults now, right? How, how old are they now? They are. They're 25, 24, and 20, still in school, uh, finishing up degrees in different ways. The baby is finishing up an undergraduate herself. Still a baby so, at 20. <laughs> still, still a baby. I call her baby. Of course, of course. She'll so has the relationship um, with your ex improved at all now that, I mean, obviously they're all adults now, so there's no legal claims here anymore. So has it gotten any, any better? Um, we have a very complicated relationship, as you can understand. Sure. Um, I try never to communicate with her. Um, I do, I, and I try never to ask the kids what's going on uh, because I don't want to feel like they're having to spy on mom to report back to me. Sure, right. So I don't, I don't really ever do that. Um, they will tell me things that are going on. 
uh, with mom and, you know, if she's, if she's, uh, she's been divorced again. So, you know, like if she's seeing somebody or, or what her little business is doing or whatever. So I, I hear stuff that they just say offhanded, but yeah. I don't, I, I just ask, you know, do you, did you have fun with mom? Have you right. gone to see her? I may, I want to make sure because they've had an extremely difficult relationship with her in yeah. different ways for right. different reasons. That would be a whole nother set of podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> sessions. So I don't know that we have time to go into all that, um, but it, it will just suffice it to say that all of the work that she did to try to remove the children, push them to me closer. And it really hurt her in the long run. And with me trying to tell her that that was going to happen, you know, me saying, if you do this, you are going to have issues. But, you know, she was just absolutely convinced that um, her calling from God was to show me the error of my lifestyle choices. Right, right, right. Shifting uh, to more current um, uh, times. So when, when did yeah. you meet your, your husband, Johnny? Yeah, Johnny and I met online, of course, because I live in Mississippi and, you know, there's there's not a big dating pool around me here. Yeah, that's um, how people meet in New York City, too. So yeah. it's, it's basically yeah. how anyone meets now. <laughs> So we met online several years ago. Um, we physically met in 2013, but we had been talking to each other online for probably about four years before that oh, wow. on, on different platforms. I don't know if you remember the old gay.com or not. Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah. Big, big muscle, dudes nude, you know, all <laughs> the, old, the old platforms where we got our start. Um, yeah. Kids don't use that these days. And so no, I, probably haven't heard uh, yeah, yeah, no. a lot of <laughs> Right. Exactly. So. But I, like I said before, I traveled for a living, so I had to be out in LA for um, a set of meetings, and I just decided to stay over the 4th of July, and I contacted him and said, you know, it'd be nice to get together if we can meet for lunch or something, uh, that'd be great, and so it actually worked out. We met on July the 3rd, and we've never been apart since, so that was 2013. Uh, by October, well, by Halloween that year, he had already moved into the house. And, and oh, wow. Wow. Okay. All right. It was meant had, to be. I would say you'd be yeah. moving fast, but if you were talking for four years online, you clearly knew. Yeah. At this yeah. age, you know, you, you, sure. you know if your baggage meshes with each other. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know if you can pack in the same suitcase or not. <laughs> sure. So speaking oh. of Johnny, so and racy photos. So yeah, when yeah. we recirculated the family profile that we did of your family um, right. a couple months ago, and we, you know, it was it was interesting. We had quite a few people reach out or DM us, being like, "Oh my goodness, Johnny's a porn star. You know, yeah. he works in right. adult entertainment." I mean, and there was like yeah. a which we didn't know, but it also didn't you know does not matter to us in the, yeah. in the least. We would still be like like excited to profile your family right. even more so, actually, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, but uh, but there was a tone to it that was just kind of um, was a little surprising uh, to me yeah. from an audience of uh, you know queer men. Uh, right. So I'm just wondering if you could talk about uh, Johnny's um, profession and his work and yeah. um, and how it's uh, worked in, in your family and um, anything else you want to say about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's been an open secret in, in our family. I mean, mom made sure that the kids knew about his past immediately. As soon as I, you know, introduced the idea to them and introduced him to them she obviously did a research and she found that it's pretty easy to find I mean you said he's you know he's active in the in the adult industry he was one of the most popular most active um, actors 
for about 10 or 11 years. I mean, you are know, we allowed to say a stage name here? Cause I'm sure yeah, listeners yeah. are going to want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Tyler Saint is his, is his stage name and, you know, an international awards and, you know, star of the years and all that. I mean, so he's not just, he's not just a dabbler. Uh, I mean, this was, this was award-winning, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Involvement for quite a long time. So, um, so I knew that was going to be a challenge. I did not go into it without any kind of, uh, uh, um, Pollyanna idea in my mind. I knew that this was going to be tough, and I did a lot of treatment, a, a lot of counseling about it before we even got together. Um, you know how this would affect the kids, and um, you know. So after mom, of course, told them, then I sat down with the kids and interviewed them, and you know they just they just really don't they really loved him uh, at the time. They liked him. Um, they didn't know him well, but I think honestly they trusted me. So you know my my approach to this has always been that you can judge me for whatever you want, because I had basically the perfect upbringing. I had two parents that loved me. I lived in this little bubble of this Christian church that protected me. Um, I had a huge support network. I had people that paid for my college. My parents, I had no debt when I started. My parents paid for everything. You know, I, I started out in a profession that I enjoyed. I, I, I've, I've gotten a master's degree since. I have, on paper, the perfect life. So you can bring all the mess that you want to me and criticize me all you want. He was a foster child since he was born. He was removed from the only people that he knew as his parents by his father oh, when he wow. was six years old, and he did not even know that those people were not his parents. He had no idea. Wow. He bounced around uh, with his dad sometimes back in the foster care, uh, a mother that doesn't claim him, um, horribly abusive situations, broken bones, broken nose. He's had nose jobs done because of physical abuse um he's he was in a bad system he lived on his own and finished high school in the 10th 11th and 12th grade year by himself he had no he had no support network he had and it makes me <laughs> sure makes me, sure of course it makes me a little emotional talking about it now <clears throat> because he he didn't deserve any of that you know he had nothing and built this life basically because he had to, you know, he had to, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, please take your time. You know, he had to do what he had to do to maintain. He just, people, people that ran a deli underneath his little apartment fed him. That's the only way he, that's the only way he survived. So you can come to me with all kind of shit you want to bring because yeah. I will take it, but you cannot fault him for how he has chosen to live his life um, because he has made something of himself when he should be dead and it's uh, it, it says so much about his character about his strength of person and about his ability to see the good in humanity he's the most positive person I know I mean he he can go into situations with the most negative people and turn it into something positive. And so the things that I saw in him when we were dating or, you know, talking to each other were characteristics of a person that I want my children to be around. I want my children to be more like him. And if, if he's been having sex with somebody on screen, 
to make a living off of it and it's legal and it it provides some kind of benefit for people then fuck you yeah, 100% like i mean i i couldn't agree more so i'm just quickly going to the the foster care element of this all I, you know i right. gaze with kids obviously this is a we do we cover a ton of uh foster yeah. care stories and hear stories like this all of the time um and you know anytime uh, someone that's been in the system as long as Johnny right. has been is able to to emerge and be successful in any way. It's a, it's a it is an uphill right. climb. I mean, and tons it of is. our listeners will know that very well as uh, as a it, lot of them are foster is. care parents themselves. Yeah, it is so hard. And so he didn't ha um, he he's also Native American, so he could have gone for, to school for free. He didn't even have anybody in his life to right. tell him to show him yeah. have a a completely paid education. So he went into the military after after uh, high school, after he finished high school by himself, he went into the military and then came back and started working and go go dancing and bartending and, you know, whatever else he needed to do to make a living and he he ended up making a very good living has, has run successful businesses and you know has has uh has met a payroll before i mean so now he's uh he's going back to school full-time to be a physical therapist so um you know we've got we've got plenty of um uh ammunition to tell people that you don't know everything about everybody just because you see something in media Right. Um, this, this, I am proud to have my children around him and I'll, I'll appear with him in photos and some videos sometimes and that type of thing. And I'm no star or anything like that, but, um, I'm proud to do that with him. So I have no, I'm not shy about my body, obviously, but I, I don't mind sharing what we have together with others. And we hear from people all the time, especially for, cause I do most of his social media. I hear people from every day that say that he positively impacted something in their life. Right. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I also want to just take a second to say, you know, like the, again, the fact that, that uh, Johnny was able to get to where he is, is incredibly impressive and, and understandable uh, why he, you know, went into this line of work. But I think just on like the bare, you know, even all of that aside, like uh, at least I will, I, uh, I believe that sex work is valid work and any, and it doesn't really matter how you come to it. Right. So I think it's, sure. uh, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, anyone that has any sort of judgments that they want to cast against uh, you or him for doing this, um, you know, it's, well, if you have never watched a porn in your life, then, you know, I guess even then though, it's like, this isn't, you know, where do you get off judging someone else? And, and sex workers are parents and they're amazing parents and they are raising kids all over this country and, you know, all it's, over uh, the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it is, it is legitimate work. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's work that has value, believe it or not. And, and it is not just purient, um, uh sex for the sake of sex there's so much more to it than that it's 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 a it's a big layered onion and just because uh, one, a sex scene means something to one person doesn't mean it means something to somebody else right and you know the validation the um the inclusion for our community uh it's is very powerful and very important and it's that way for straight people too i mean it's right. no different than a girl going out and do the same thing oh, of and course then, of course you know and then she gets disparaged because you know she has a kid at home well, she's feeding that kids the best right. way she <laughs> exactly exactly and it's, and, and it's not like you know 
Johnny did any of the scenes in front of kids at home. Right. I mean, that, that's not <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, so, so again, and this you is know? where people's minds go. I mean, not to that exactly, but you know, the, it's the, Oh, you know, think of the children, the poor innocent oh, yeah. children that, you know, and your kids were teenagers, I guess, when you introduced yeah, Johnny yeah. to them. Right. Uh, but so, you know, so I guess, what do you say to people that are, like have this idea that, um, that Johnny's line of work is going to somehow be a negative impact. I mean, you've already talked about all of these qualities that like anyone that can overcome what he does right. can be a positive role model in someone's life. Uh, Absolutely. But, yeah. And I think that that's the, you know, it, it's just based on fear. And, and we as gays have our own set of fear um, parameters ourselves, just like straight people do. Ours are just a little bit differently oriented to our own hangups. Right. And, and this is one of them. When you combine this with kids in any way, I understand that there's, um, there can be negative influences, but I also am a responsible parent enough to know how to, how to differentiate a, a meaningful relationship versus a physical interaction right uh, for my children and and I think that they've all been able to show that they're able to process that really right. well right my kids are stable uh, very accomplished uh, in their own way and um, incredibly self-reliant um, this has this has done nothing but positively impact their their uh, their life and you know it's not like we talk about this as you know it's it needs to be integrated into their lives right you know? right exactly We're certainly not advocating for them to go out and be sexual right. <laughs> anyway. but i am advocating for them having relationships with people of extremely high character yep and you know that's who he is for us Absolutely. Once I was just thinking, like, you know, I know my dad's a lawyer. I don't really know what he does at the office every day, all day long. You know, so it's like you don't need to know every last detail of your parents' work, no. but you can still you know, respect exactly. It. No, so, exactly. And so you know, so it's just a little part of life. Yeah. No. Exactly. And what I, I guess what I find interesting, we've kind of touched on this, and we were talking about this before we uh, hit record. Actually, is just the the reaction from uh, the LGBTQ community sometimes. Uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, so we've, and, you know, I, I'm really eager to showcase at Gays with Kids every aspect of the queer parenting experience, and and that right. runs the the mill from, like, you know, the most traditional sense of a white picket fence, and it, you know, it looks, can look very heteronormative from the outside, yeah, yeah. Um, to uh, instances where, you know, we've, we've covered instances of throuples or polyamorous relationships that are raising children, so, and, you know, and queer people have always been at the forefront of pushing the boundaries of right. uh, what is quote unquote, like socially acceptable or not, because right. we've had to, right. We've been placed outside right. of those boundaries from the get go. So it's like, you know, if, if, if the top's already off, <laughs> it's like, you might right. as well, uh, you know, explore and, and question why we have all of these um, norms to begin with. But, uh, right. but I guess just it, what I find, uh, it, you know, and in, in your situation as well, just this, uh, I, it seems like there's sometimes I get, I guess I get frustrated as you're probably hearing <laughs> when this reaction comes from the LGBTQ community. And I, I do understand sure. it on one sense, because especially parents, queer parents, um, we're already having to deal with people doubting our ability to be right. parents at all. Like people right. question, you know, we're facing laws all over the country that, uh, that, you know, actively discriminate against um, our right. ability to become parents, especially in foster care and adoption. So it's uh, it's understandable on some level that anytime any anything else that's going to kind of rock the boat in that way, people get a little uppity about. They're like, oh, no, you know, we, we need to present this like, like you right. say, Pollyanna-ish 
display of like, you know, we're just like you, we're heteronormative, just like you. And I think that's all fear-based too, because they, uh, you know, we have come so far on this, on the backs of others who've come before us, you know, and we have those people, I have those people myself to thank for being able to even be talking to you about this. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I am married. I got married in Mississippi (laughs) to a man and there were no drive-by shootings or burning crosses in the yard. Exactly. I mean, that, right. that, that has come a long way. So, so there's fear that somebody like me or, or, or Johnny could um, somehow hurt others' chances to stand on those shoulders. Yep. And, and I understand that. Um, and so I am not surprised when we eat our own like this, you know, right. there are negative comments about us having a family presenting as, as a family, um, you know, being integrated into some kind of a normal society, like almost we should be, you know, punished for wanting to have this kind of a, of an existence or, a, or a lifestyle, if you want to call it that. But, um, so I understand the fear that that's behind all that, that somehow will hurt others chances for being able to do that. Um, and, and I have my own things, you know, I, um, I don't like when, you know, we're at, uh, you know, a, a gay pride parade and they're flipping the fans in my face. That, that, <laughs> that, that bothers we me. We all have and our I limits, think, I guess. <laughs> I, you're right. And I think, you know, straight people are just going to see all that and think that we're all just fan waving that, that, uh, right. that, you know, uh, at, at parades without any clothes on. So, uh, you know, th- we, we all have our own thing. No, exactly. I, I, I totally understand that. Yeah. But I have found from my past, from all the therapy and the counseling that I've done, from being able to have um, communication with people who are like me, it, not only here geographically where we live, but really around the country, that just talking about it makes things better. So absolutely. That's, that's really why I agreed to do this with you today, because I think that even just getting this message out to a few of your listeners can maybe help change the idea of who we can be, um, the scope of who we can be and how we can show love through fear. Yeah. Um, even if we don't understand something. And I think, you know, I think we as, as gays, can embrace that better than anybody else because we know what it's like to want to be loved through fear you know that's that's who we are that's our identity yeah (laughs) there's there's so much fear in everything and this is this is I know that we are pushing it and Johnny and I before we even got together we said you know this we know this is going to be very hard and I've told the kids I said what we are doing is very difficult I said, and some people would not do it because it is so hard. I said, but it will make the reward in the end much better if you'll trust me and go along with me and take this for a ride. And I think it will have a really, really good ending. And, you know, so far it has been. We've been married now since 2015, and um, I love this life. It's just really good. I will, I can't agree with uh, you more on all of this. You know, as the editor of Gays with Kids, I, it's this thing that I'm struggling with the deeper into uh, uh, this role that I um, have taken on in that, you know, so when I first started, it was, we were presenting so many profiles of families um, and, you know, you go to our Instagram page and it's just these beautiful, smiling, gorgeous dads and gorgeous kids. And they just look like these perfect little families and, uh, you know, and oftentimes, but, you know, we, 
and I understand like we were we're complicit in this, I guess is what I'm saying in right. in, yeah, in perpetuating I, 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 this idea. And you know, it's it's needed though, right? So it's helping normalize. And we have tons of right. followers that are not queer at all that are following us because they that's enjoy right. seeing the visibility too, right? So I think it's right. done it's done a lot to help kind of push um, acceptance. Right. Uh, but I guess we're now getting to the point where I'm at least, and you know, this is different. I'm, you know, in different parts of the country, obviously, but where I want to see the warts, you know, I want to see right. like we're just like every family, and that includes yeah. we screw up and we're, you know, yeah. good parents some days and we're bad parents another day, and right. you know, it's, we make mistakes. Exactly and, right. And then we have we have successes, and we like to, uh, you know, we like to show off those successes. Right. And, you know, we try to learn from the mistakes. But I will right. tell you from my own experience that. Um, uh, it has been beneficial for my children. My my youngest daughter just came out this summer. Oh, no and, kidding. Yeah. Oh, congrats and, to her. Yeah, thanks. And um, I'll take that as credit because <laughs> we, had a, we had a lot of, we, we had some conversation leading up to it, but she did the work. Um, she did the hard part. And it's especially exciting for her because she saw mom's reaction to me for so many years. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so for her to be able to overcome mom's objections to me and still say, I'm going to be myself, right, my right, right. I'm going to do this because it's the right thing for me, I think is um, is a credit to their generation um, because they're, you know, we, the millennials get a bad rap, but these kids are doing some really hard shit on their own. And, and she's one of them. She has put in the work to understand herself and to know that even though she knows how mom is probably going to react, uh, because she saw her, her, her react to me in a, in a, in a negative way, she still was able to, to step up and do the right thing at 20. So I'm really, really proud of her. What I'm glad, I mean, this whole generation that's coming up that includes, uh, your kids. I, I do kind of wonder if people listening to this, and actually I would love to hear from listeners, uh, email us at dads at gayswithkids.com about your impressions about all of this, but if, especially if you're on the younger spectrum of being a, a yeah. queer parent, um, or if you're listening and you're not a parent yet and you um, hope to become one, uh, so maybe you're in your 20s or early 30s, uh, I'm curious to know if this even, this whole debate that we're talking about, like it is maybe, I'm hoping, I think it's becoming like a relic a little bit, right? Like I think- that, I think so. And I, I don't think that she's even considered not being able to have kids as part of it. You right, know, I think, right, you right. know, if, I think she knows and we've discussed it. If you want to have kids, you can have kids. So yeah. there, there are ways to do it. If you want to be a, if you want to be a parent, be a parent. If you don't want to be a parent, then then that's your choice too right. with your partner. But I think she envisions now a, a path forward yeah. that it would have been maybe more difficult for her in the past if we hadn't gone through some of this. I also think that she sees a path forward in a, in a positive way. Um, maybe not even around here. Maybe she is, uh, is thinking about moving somewhere else to be able to do it. So I think right. the, you know, I think it's a big, it's a big world out there. And I think she's able to consider the possibilities where before her world might've been a little smaller. It is such a huge shift. I think, you know, even, um, you know, in, in my generation, I, uh, I'm 38 now and I'm growing up, I didn't think that parenthood would ever be uh, something that I would do or that I would ever have kids. Right. Uh, so even like, you know, that kind of the older end of the millennial, I was very much a part of like, that wasn't, you know, but I, I do think that by the, yeah, when we get into this like Gen Z, um, sure. like younger millennial phase, it's, uh, that's something that's very much on their minds. But I also think even beyond that, it's just the, the way that, uh, this generation that's coming up is conceiving of everything from gender identity to, uh, to, right. you know, um, sexual orientation. I'm even a little bit sometimes embarrassed that our name is gays with kids. Cause I'm like, you know, so yeah. many of these younger 
people do not identify as gay anymore. You know, they, there's a whole other slew of, uh, I know, you know an alphabet like, of everything. Exactly. Out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually had to get Sydney, my youngest, to explain some right? of the letters. Yeah. To exactly. Last weekend. So I'm like, okay, I'm gay, but tell me what yeah. this one is. <laughs> no, it's true. We need so. to be educated just like, you know, our, our elders did as well. Uh, but I right. also think just on the subject of sex work that um, the younger generation, and um, this is part of what I'm interested in hearing um, about, yeah. you know, it, it's not as taboo of a subject. And I think that they're totally different. They're, yeah. yeah. Totally different. Totally different. And, and I think, I think that's in general for the, for the generation, um, right. but even more specifically for uh, LGBTQ kids. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's just, it's just another way to earn a buck. Really. When I have to, you know, it's just the, the only fans um, and the right. just for fans, these sites, um, yeah. you know, it's like, I, I now personally know, you you know, half a dozen people that in the last couple of years have, yeah, decided to, to join these sites and, and to, you know, for right. whatever reason that's personal to them. And it's just yeah, yeah. becoming more normal that you now know, you know, these are your friends and your neighbors and your, and your fathers. And, you know, so it's a, absolutely. It's not, and it's, it's really putting power in the hands of people that can really make the, you know, the best decisions for themselves. Yeah. You know, all this studio work and all this stuff, they didn't really have the performer's best interest in, in heart, but, right. you know, these, these people are not being taken advantage of. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, right. That, yeah. that have these fans pages or whatever are doing sex work that way. They're not being taken advantage of. So you, I think we can get off our high horse about that. This is, this is legitimate work for people who are legitimately invested in uh, growing a base that that provides the support for their life. So, I, again, couldn't agree with you more. Um, Hunter, this has been a real pleasure to have you on and to talk about all this. Again, I would, if people listening, please do write us in um, and let us know what you think of this all, where your head's at with all of this. Um, and we'll also post a link to the profile of the um, of Hunter's family that we did several years back. Um, so you can get a little bit more about that. But anything you want to tell people about, like where they can find you or follow you on social, anything like that? Yeah, my Instagram is at Hunter Bigum too. I'm happy to talk at length about anything that you'd like to discuss with this. Um, if you're a person that is having um, uh, issues with your own coming out or with your own processing with children. Um, I have resources. I never give advice, um, but I will be glad to help direct you to places that can really provide you some help. And I'm glad to answer any questions at all about what I've been through, Great. Um, if it can help at all. I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm sure that this podcast will. So it's a very generous offer. So people uh, take them up on that. <laughs> Thanks again, Hunter. Uh, we'll Absolutely. have to have you on soon and see, uh, see how things are going for y'all. I'd love to do it anytime. Thanks for uh, talking to me about it. It's really nice to, to go through it all. Of course, it's our pleasure. Yeah.